welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Hey, you're tuning in to a special series we're doing to celebrate five years of the podcast. It's our top 10 most downloaded episodes in the last five years of the podcast. And you'd be surprised. There are, it's quite a big list. Well, it's not really a big list. It's 10, <laughs> but it's, it's a very diverse list. It's episodes from all over those past five years with different guests. And this is one of the ones that was a solo episode that actually did pretty well. And it's all about one simple truth that your business is not the hero of the story. And the more you tune into your customers' needs and serving them rather than yourself, the better off your business will be. It's a great episode. I think you're gonna enjoy it. Before we dive in, we do have a word from one of the amazing businesses that sponsor the podcast. Of course, if you're on our Patreon, you'll skip right through that and go straight to listening to the episode. And separate from that, if you've been thinking about advertising yourself for this upcoming year, you can always reach out at Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. And if you love the podcast, you can check out our Google business profile. Just search good advice NWA to leave us a review if you so desire. Okay, I'm done. That's all the asks that I have for you today. Enjoy this episode. We'll be right back soon. There's one single piece of advice that I give to business owners who are ready to scale their business drastically. And that's knowing exactly what you need to hand off so that you can continue focusing on what you're an expert in. It amazes me when I talk to business owners who are doing their own bookkeeping and tax prep and worse that they're going through all this paperwork at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, even midnight, slaving away, trying to make sense of all of the numbers for their business. Business owners who are making it happen have already figured out that you can't do it all yourself. That's why I recommend Steve Lay with Equity Business Solutions. Not only is he an expert in bookkeeping and tax prep, but what I love about Steve is that he'll sit down with you and help you make sense of the value of your business beyond just reading a spreadsheet. You'll be able to make better decisions and more importantly, you're going to save yourself the crucial time you would have spent going through QuickBooks or an Excel spreadsheet or whatever it is that keeps us up late at night. So save yourself some time and some money by giving Steve Lay a call at Equity Business Solutions, and he'll show you the value beyond your numbers. Go to equitybusinesssolutionsllc.com to find out more. You know, this podcast, if you've listened long term, you've heard all sorts of guests come on the podcast. You've heard me ramble on, I'm sure, about all sorts of topics that I'm passionate about. What I can promise you is whatever I talk about on this podcast, it's it's based in practical, tangible application. We don't do a lot of theory here. We don't do a lot of um, uh, yeah. We don't we don't do a lot of theory. It's really the actual honest hard work it takes to grow your business. And if you're in that kind of thing, you know, if you like that kind of thing, I think you're going to enjoy this episode. If you don't like that kind of thing. And you more are excited around um, the clickbait that we see online of, you know, hey, do just this one thing and you'll grow your business to, you know, 10 times what it is now. I'll go ahead and tell you this isn't that podcast. Um, something I've always liked to talk about is is honestly just the real work it takes in entrepreneurship. I was I was talking to someone the other day who was really depressed about his business. And he was depressed that it basically wasn't growing fast enough. 
And if you spend any sort of amount of time on social media, which if you've listened to the podcast, you pretty much know where this is going because anytime I have a guest on, we, we keep coming back to this topic for better or worse. But if you spend any kind of time on social media, you will believe that everyone else is running a business that they started eight days ago. And now it's a multi-million national, maybe even a global brand. Uh, People tell a story of a business that they sort of just fell into and it just worked. They just sort of by happenstance, they discovered this really simple, easy way to make lots of money. And invariably, a lot of these people want to share it to you, share it with you at a very low price. And it's interesting to me because in any other circumstance, in any other setting, I think our, you know, our, um, I can't think of the expression for it, but like our, our radar, internal radar would be going off saying, you know, this is BS, but whenever it comes to entrepreneurship, I think, I think it's, we're so naive to it because for whatever reason, we just don't want to believe that entrepreneurship is hard. And I've had people on the podcast, I've had a number of people on the podcast. We just celebrated our 200th episode of the podcast. We've had something like, I don't know, maybe 150 guests on the podcasts. Um, some really incredible people who've, who've told their story. I can't really think of one who's come on the podcast who has said something like what these people on social media have said, where they were like, yeah, I was, I was working in this job. I quit. And oh my gosh, I just discovered how easy it is to run a small business. In fact, most of the stories that I have on the podcast of people who are running literally multi-million dollar brands, they tell a very different story. They tell a story of running a business sometimes miserably. I had a guy on the podcast the other day, his episode hasn't gone live yet, but uh, he's running a multi-million dollar brand. And he talked about how the first two years, he thinks he made 10 grand total. And it wasn't really till around year seven or eight that he really got out of his depression of, okay, wow, this is actually going somewhere. But think about that for a second. Whenever you got into starting your business, or maybe you're, you're working in a nine to five job right now and you're thinking about starting a business, a lot of times you don't have an honest perspective on it. You don't, you don't honestly think about, you know, am I really willing to do this for long term? Um, I find myself more and more talking to young entrepreneurs and informing them that entrepreneurship is not a um, get out of jail free card. You know, jail being like in many of their eyes, this like corporate nine to five lifestyle. It's not a get out of jail free card. It's not a get rich quick scheme. And for some of my customers that I work with, I have to tell them like, hey, this is um, it's a lot like SEO. I don't do any SEO, but what I've had people on the podcast to do SEO. I have a friend of mine who does SEO and the messaging is all very similar. Like, hey, this is a long game. In fact, I had someone on the podcast who was talking about entrepreneurship as a whole. And he said, hey, people who get into entrepreneurship, they need to be prepared to play the 10-year game, which it's not very sexy, right? (laughs) I mean, when you think about why you started your business, there were probably some things that you were unhappy with, with your own job, some things you wanted to change about your circumstances. And we live in a culture that everything we want is pretty much at our fingertips. 
You know, if you want to order something online, you can have it at your door within 48 hours. In some cities, you can have it there literally the same day. If you want to play a song, you can literally find it and play it immediately. If you want to find an old movie, video, what have you, you can typically find it in that moment and play it and watch it. You know, if there's a certain kind of food or meal you want, you can have it delivered within the hour. Uh, and these aren't these aren't bad things, by the way. You know, I'm not I'm not um, anti-technology, you know, hipstering out on you guys. I'm just saying that as a culture, we're trained to have instant gratification and entrepreneurship is not that game. And I think the sooner that we realize that, the more quickly we can gauge our expectations to avoid the pain of entrepreneurship. And maybe I need to have another episode on this because this isn't even really, naturally, this isn't even really where I wanted to go with this episode. I just... um I just was just talking to someone just this morning about this conversation because this person was um, feeling down, was feeling depressed, was feeling, you know, why isn't this working? Uh, and he's been in his job for six, he's been in this business for six months, which is like a drop in the bucket for this journey of running a business. So we're going to talk about that game today, that 10 year game. And there's a lot we could talk about on this today. There's a lot of places we can go with this today. Um, naturally, I feel like I need to balance this out because I, I don't want... Let me just tell you that being an entrepreneur, running a business is amazing. And I don't want people to now be like, wow, uh, you know, thanks for the buzzkill. But I do want to be honest only because I have seen people get burned. I have seen people lose their life savings. And while I see people who are giving the message, like as someone's taking out like the $40,000 loan or putting up, you know, all of their savings, while I do see people saying, you know, you get it, you know, make it happen. You know, you are putting in what you expect to get out. You're committed. You're serious. It's going to work for you. Um, while those people are out there spreading that message, um, I'm just more mindful of the people who are broken and bruised from their entrepreneurial journey. And uh, I guess life's hard enough as it is. So I try to bring a little dose of realism to the business journey. And, and by the way, if you're listening and you've been running a business for a few years now, you could, you're probably listening and thinking, yeah, Blake, thanks for the honest truth. Cause I think most of us have, we understand that pain of that journey. Um, does it mean that it doesn't just click for some people? I have a friend of mine who started a business and like right off the bat, he was making, um, signing some great deals, making some great money. Uh, doesn't mean that it can't happen. It, I think of it, of it being sort of like the exception and not the rule. So, but let's talk about this journey today. Let's talk about this 10 year game. And, uh, now that I've got everyone into a depressing place of <laughs> thinking about how hard entrepreneurship is, let's talk about the process of how your business evolves over that 10-year journey. And the reason I'm talking about this today is because I've come across people who lately are incredibly resistant to change. And in fact, I was just talking to someone this morning about uh, someone else about they're asking about like their entrepreneurial story and like, how do I tell my story? And and it, storytelling, by the way, there's a, there's a lot of great data behind like the power of storytelling in your brand, and especially like in the startup world, 
you know, having a compelling story for uh, potential um, funders, like I, that's all fine. But something I was helping him understand was that ultimately your story is not more important than the answer you're providing to your customers. Meaning, you know, just because you have this amazing story about how like you left your job and you jumped into this business, you jumped into this industry and, uh, you know, it's just this really incredible thing. You know, you had three kids, you had three more on the way. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's this really like dramatic telling of what happened and, you know, boom, your, your business was born and it was incredible. I think what's valuable is understanding that your customers ultimately don't care about you, which can be a bit of a gut punch to some people, but it's pretty common sense. Your customers only really care about one thing. That's their pain, their own pain point that hopefully your business is dedicated to solving and removing and lightening and lessening, you know, taking that pain and making it very simply go away. That's what your customers are looking for, and that is what they will spend money on. And so that's actually why, you know, bringing this full circle, that's why there are so many people out there who are peddling, frankly, BS around, hey, just send this one email and, you know, your conversion rate will go up 25%. It's because entrepreneurs have gotten to the business of growing a business and realizing the pain of being broke the pain of how do I make payroll, the pain of this is happening much slower than I anticipated, and the pain of the sheer mental gymnastics around the exhaustion of it, depression of it, um, staying hungry and committed with it. And so for someone to come along, a really savvy digital marketer, and try to take that pain away, we don't care much about their story, but we're intrigued because this person can take away my pain. So your business journey isn't really about you. It's 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 like I think of it like if it's like a storybook, you know, you're not the main character. The customer is the main character and your product or service is the side character that comes in on page like 18. Uh, sorry, I'm thinking that that actually sounds like the introduction. So I have like this one year old and like all we're reading are like these 10 page storybooks. So in my mind, what I'm going for is like, you know, you're towards the climax of, of the book. Just imagine like a 20 page book. Okay. And, uh, you know, you come in on page 18, you're the answer to this problem that has become so meaningful in your customer's mind that they're willing to spend money to solve it. And you are the answer, but you're not necessarily the hero. You're not necessarily the focus. You are the solution to a problem that gets solved. And then your customer, they move on to their next problem to be solved. Okay, this was taken care of. What's the next thing that needs to be taken care of? I, sh I, I say this because your business, in order to be successful, it is going to have to change. And that's okay. That's a good thing. It has to change because... What you envisioned when you started the business is not always the same as what your customers want. And here's what I mean by this. It's a bit of a stereotype, actually. It's come kind of a clicheism in the entrepreneurship in the entrepreneurial world where whenever you start your business, well, let me let me put it this way. 
I was talking to someone who wasn't getting any customers and I said, well, what do you do for a living? And he said, okay, well, I'm a, I'm a designer. And I said, okay, what do you design? And he said, I design a, um, and I'm going to butcher this cause I don't have it up in front of me and I'm, I'm just remembering it basically. He said something along the lines of I design, uh, virtual experiences for people who want to resonate with, um, the meaning behind a business. So he says this and I think, okay, well, what the heck does that mean? What, what is that? And he sends me to the website and I say, okay, you make logos for people. That's what you build. You build logos and that's what you need to say. And it's a lot easier to say and customers will pay attention to you much faster rather than move through the slog of how sexy you've made this sound. So what typically happens is when you start a business or when someone starts a business, they have this really inflated sense of how important their product is. And this is why you have people who say things like, oh, we, you know, our answer, our software is like, it's like Amazon, but better. It's like, I was talking to a guy who he had an idea and I said, well, what, what are you working on? He said, oh, it's like Facebook, but better, which I thought, okay, <laughs> that's interesting. But so you have this really, you're excited about your business. And by the way, I, I'm, I'm making this sound really negative and I'm not meaning to. There's nothing wrong with this. It's, it's normal and it's understandable. But go back to the day you started your business. You were hyped up. You were excited. You were thinking about, yes, like I, I am so excited about this business that I would even quit my job to do it. I'm thinking about what it might mean for my life. I'm thinking about the potential income that it could bring to me. I'm so energized. I'm so motivated. It's so important to me. I'm doing something so meaningful. And what we don't always realize is how we have presented the business in our mind is not tangibly how your customers process it when they see it, when they experience it, and when they're exposed to it. And so one of the things that happens as you run your business is as you engage with customers, you talk to customers, and frankly, as you experience rejection from your customers, you know, as you get out there and sell and your customers are turning you down, they're saying, no, this doesn't make any sense. What is this? You start to realize that gap between how you have framed the business in your mind and how your customers legitimately see it. And so that's one of the reasons why your business changes is simply because how you have envisioned the business is not how your customers in the market, how they perceive the value of, of what you're offering. So here's a great example of this. When I first started my business and I had worked in like the culture and leadership space for a long time. And one of the things I wanted to offer was basically management training. Like how, how can I help leaders better retain their employees. And even though I had managed people myself, I had managed large teams before, and even though I had even sold something like this to corporations, I the way I framed talking about this was something like, and I'm, I'm just thinking back, it, it was something along the lines of um, creating a high profit culture. Or maybe it was high profit employees. It was something along the lines of, um, how can I get companies to basically shape their work environments where their, their, their employees are making a lot of money for them? 
uh, or being even more simple, um, how do you keep your, your most productive employees who are making you a lot of money? So I really hinged my business on this. I talked a lot about this because in my mind, it made a lot of sense. I knew the outcomes that I was achieving. Well, as I got into this, I wasn't really getting any traction. I wasn't really seeing any productivity here until finally I talked to one business owner who turned me down and said, Hey, by the way, I don't really talk about my employees that way. I don't really think of them that way. And this was an insight to that gap that I mentioned of how do I see my business versus how do my employees see what I offer? Um, or another way to think of it is how do I conceptualize the problem I'm solving versus how do my customers see that problem, talk about that problem, navigate that problem? You know, how do they talk about their neighbor about it, their spouse about it, you know, what have you? And in some cases, there's no amount of like market research you can do to figure this out. A lot of it just happens as you are running your business, as you have these interactions with customers, and as you are are becoming familiar with how they talk about their problem. You know, it's like one of the things I think about is um, having been a public school teacher, which I was a public school teacher for a few years back in the day, um, about a decade ago. And I remembered how strange it would be when someone would come into like an administrative role or would come into a position to like sort of turn around the district, like the school district. And this person would have no background in teaching or education. Like they'd never even been in education before. And I remember thinking like how strange it was listening to them talk, thinking you don't, you don't know this business. You don't know this industry. You don't know our kids. You don't know what they're going through. So how can I trust your answer to our problems? And it's very similar in your business journey is, and it, it, it doesn't mean that you don't have an insight or that your service isn't valuable. It's just that the, the more you get into the habit of talking to your customers and working with your customers, the more your business changes to be in line with what they really want. And this is also why I've seen certain businesses actually do really well from the get-go because it's someone who's been in that industry for years, maybe even decades. They've had the problem themselves. They've been looking for the solution themselves to that problem. And then finally, they were like, hey, I'm just going to create the solution. Like there's one guy who runs a really great CMS tool who for small businesses. And the whole reason he started it was because he was working as a salesperson in a company and the CMS tool that they were using, the customer management software that they were using was so bloated. It was so clunky. It was so frustrating to use that he was like, we're, we're way too small for this program. Like this is probably a great piece of software for like a global brand, but for our 10 man team, this is, this is way too much. Like what is the small business answer that can literally tangibly help me operate my business on a day-to-day -day basis? And so that's why he started his company and he's done very well because he knew that problem in and out uh, because he was that customer before. The other reason I talk about this topic, it's, it's not just about becoming familiar with how your customers, um, the, the, the language and how they frame their problems. It's not just about that and getting familiar with that. Another reason that your business has to change is because your customers needs will change 
And ultimately, they will be the ones to tell you what about your product is actually valuable. And I'm bringing this back to my comment earlier about people who are like, oh, it's like Amazon, but better. And then you see it and you're like, oh, uh, okay. You know, that's interesting. It's not, you know, you haven't really focused on the things that make Amazon great in my mind. And ultimately what ends up happening is people who are, I'm trying to think about how to phrase this, a bit more egocentric. You know, they've, they've set out to build a business. They've envisioned what the the business is. They're excited about the business. They have all these features and cool things, you know, these uh, widgets and lights that flash and noises that it makes. And it's this really cool thing that they've built, except that the customers don't really want it. And what I've seen happen here is people who are just, they're frankly not honest with themselves. And ultimately their story that running the business is more about their own story than ever it was than it ever was about their customer story. They care more about their own story and their own ego than legitimately solving the problems of their customers. And here's what ends up happening. You build this product, you build this answer and you take it out and you show it around. You're really proud of it. You're really excited about it. And a potential customer says, huh, no, I don't, I don't think I really want that. And what do we say? Well, oh, you didn't, you didn't get it. You, you just didn't understand it. Let me, let me phrase it another way. You just, you aren't understanding how cool this is or worse. You say, oh, well, you're not my customer, even though they are your customer. <laughs> you say, oh, you're not our customer. And you go to the next group. Oh, you're not my customer. And then suddenly there's, it's very, um, foggy as to who exactly even is your customer when it seems like no one is interested in buying it or the absolute worst that I've seen is when customers are disconnected from the value of what you're selling and the owner says, well, if you don't like it, you can just go somewhere else. I had someone say this and I remember thinking they are going somewhere else. That's why your business is failing. <laughs> it's because they are literally going somewhere else. And so another reason why your business has to change is it's, it's recognizing that your business journey isn't about you. And because of that, you're letting your, your customers iterate and innovate the direction of your business. So here's what I mean by this. I had a guy on the podcast uh, a few weeks back who they run a, um, a note tip, note, note taking, uh, software that they sell to businesses. And we were talking about, okay, so how does it, how exactly does this work? And it's this note-taking software that's used for like team meetings and it helps like organize the meeting and just keep it on, on point. It's pretty cool. And I was asking you like, how did you settle on this? And he said, well, actually it's really interesting. We rolled out as this much more generic, um, all encompassing, uh, team support, uh, business and our customers really loved the note-taking part of it. Like out of everything we were offering, it was the note-taking piece that they were like, hey, this is really cool. And this is actually really helping our team well. So imagine the direction this business could have gone. The owner could have said, what the note, the note-take, what about this, all this other cool stuff that we're doing? What about all this awesome stuff that I've been, you know, literally dreaming about? Like I go to bed at night so excited about, but you care about this tiny little thing that we that we offer? Like think about how easy it would be to 
be tempted to disregard that feedback and be like, okay, well, that's weird. That's weird that they like that. How easy would it be to say that's not the business we're building and to continue to offer, you know, the 30 different services rather than really listening to what your customer's telling you. See, uh, what this business did was they pivoted and they realized, hey, the note-taking piece is what people really love. Let's go all in on that. And that's what's really fueled the growth of their business. In the same way, I had a guy on the podcast, uh, Alex Sanfilippo, who runs Podmatch. It's a, uh, a podcast uh, guest and hosting matching service. And he said, every next decision we make for the business, we don't make that decision anymore. In terms of like, what are we working on next? He said, our customers do. We ask our customers, what do you love? What do you need? What's not working? What needs to be fixed? What, what needs to be brought in to be new? And they tell us, and we make that the focus of the business. So when we say that your business must change, it's not so much about like changing with the times or being more up to date. It's changing because you are changing it according to what your customers deeply want not necessarily what you dreamed of building on day one when you started the business. And this can be a bit challenging because in some cases you've, you've quit a nine to five job for this business. In some cases you've gone into incredible debt to start this business. And so naturally you feel a, um, it's personal, right? I mean, it's, it's, this is near and dear to my heart. I started, I took out a lot of risk to start this business. And so naturally there is a lot of emotion that gets tied up to what you dreamed of building and what you want it to one day be. The advice I gave someone earlier today was the sooner though that you can separate your business from like your personal hero's journey to success and the more you can focus on your customer's journey to finding you and using your product, the quicker you're going to be successful. It doesn't mean that entrepreneurship becomes all about martyrdom. You know, like you're the sacrificial lamb. Um, I'm putting all my desires, you know, under my own feet and letting customers walk over it just to get what they want. It, it, it's not like that. I mean, there's real sweetness in entrepreneurship. There's real perks in entrepreneurship. And honestly, if you drill in on what your customers want, you will be financially successful. You know, these things do happen. So it's not about it's not about martyrdom or sacrificing your yourself. But it is understanding what I said at the start of this episode. It's not about you. It's about them. The more quickly you can get that, the more quickly you can understand that. I think the faster your business, you'll be willing to innovate it according to their needs. Hey, that's the advice we have for you today. Remember, your business is going to change. That's okay. Be open to it. Let your customers drive it. And most importantly, develop a habit around creating constant communication with your customers so you can know what is the next step, what needs to happen next for my business. And when they tell you that that one tiny thing that you offer is actually what they love, you know, amongst the sea of other th awesome things that you offer, it's okay to say no to everything else and drill in on that one thing that they really like. Hey, thanks for listening today. Don't forget we're on Patreon. If you want to support the podcast, if you want to have your business advertised on the podcast, 
You can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash goodadvice. And I'll catch you next week. In the meantime, we'll have a couple of new guests coming up. Enjoy those episodes, and we'll keep bringing good advice to you. Take care. We'll catch you later.